so Drew and I decided to start this podcast because we've had, you know, some people ask us about our lives and things we've been through and the experiences we've had and our relationship and this thing called life. So we decided to call our podcast Life Etc. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about emotional communication. Um, People have asked us about the marriage retreats we've been on, and um, that's something that we have decided to do once a year. Um, We decided to do that when we first got married, um, just to keep investing in our marriage and make sure that we are bringing home tools that we can use to help us be closer together. I think the theory was basically if we stay in front of it, then... You know, they talk about it being a lot easier if you get in front of something and, and work on it uh, from a positive standpoint as opposed to an emergency standpoint. And it takes a lot less work if it's if it's maintaining and enriching versus saving something. And, and you know, the, the time that people go to counseling and marriage retreats is when they're, everything's on the line and you're in a tough spot. And so I think it's really key to stay ahead of that. And that was part of our one of our really ongoing goals, um, which we've done so far in our super long three years of marriage. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, so the one, what was your favorite so far of of the uh, retreats we've been to? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think all of them have had different things that have had uh, impacts on our marriage, but I would say that the one that we went to in Branson um, through Focus on the Family was, well, actually we went to two through <laughs> through them, um, but the first one we went to really focused on emotional communication, and it was called Speaking from the Heart. Um, and this, the tools that we learned regarding the emotional communication aspect of relationships helped in all aspects of our relationship. Um, And they've even touched on emotional communication in almost every marriage retreat we've been to. Um, But that one, we were able to practice um, different methods for communication. And we want to talk about those um, a little bit. But these tools for communication don't necessarily have to be used in a marital relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key is anything that's a, well, if you care about the relationship and it's one where you can be yourself and be vulnerable, then that's, that's one where you can use these tools and that's family, that's friends, that's work with, with a a caution around work, as long as it's a safe space, which I think is a big part of this anyway, and, and having an emotional uh, connection and emotional communication is to be able to be vulnerable in that situation. So you don't necessarily want to be extremely vulnerable if it's something where you can get hurt or you're you're already you know a little bit scarred and then you go attempt to do that at work. It's probably not going to work out too well if your your boss is not going to care necessarily how you feel um depending on that relationship. So for sure family, for sure friends and uh and any really key relationship or marriage. So there's, um, there's two types of communication that we primarily learned about. 
And those two types are called work talk and heart talk. Um, so you could kind of guess what, what each of those uh, means. And through this, I kind of want you to think about what, um, what type of talk you typically use in a relationship, um, in your relationship. So uh, Drew and I, like now that we've used the tools, we're able to identify like what cycle we're going into. But beforehand, um, you know, we would be each trying to have a different type of conversation um, and it wasn't getting us anywhere, we, you know, or connecting us um, because all communication isn't just about getting from point A to point B. That is work talk. So work talk is task focused. Um, it's all about facts and opinions and um, focusing on a solution. And at the end of it, you have a sense of accomplishment. And then for heart talk. And stop here, Ray. So the, yeah. um, well, what we just talked about a little bit ago, what's, where do we need to go today? And what groceries do we need? Let's make a list. That's, that's very non-emotional. That's very specific to getting something accomplished. Hey, who's going to, um, I mean, the other examples. Feed the dogs. Yeah, who's going to feed the dogs? Who's going to pick up the kids from soccer practice? <laughs> I mean, those are all things where it's it's very work talk and not a, there's not much connection there for sure. Yeah. Um, so then when you move on to a heart talk, heart talks are about having a caring interaction between the two of you. So it's heart focused. You are using feelings. And that is a word that not many people like very much. Um, I feel blank. So using those I feel statements, digging down deep um, and, and bringing those and putting them on the table. Um, it's also about caring and understanding and creating a connection and having that bonding experience through your communication. I think one of the biggest things just in general as a human is we, we all want to be understood. We all want to feel heard. And when we don't, it's very, it makes us feel small. It's very invalidating. And so if we, if we can allow someone, I mean, that's one of the biggest gifts we can give someone is to really listen to them on a deeper level and allow them to share their feelings and, and do it in a way that we can create a safe space for them and validate because most of us, if we think about the insecurities that, that a lot of us have, it's around, um, you know, around speaking to our vulnerabilities and, and what's deep down. And so we, we do all these things to protect and hide our deep down things from other people. And a hard talk is a place where we're really opening up and saying, hey, this is this is me or this is what I'm feeling. Um, and, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. Uh, this is what I'm feeling and to be validated for the feelings you have is huge. It's a big deal. Absolutely. Um, so, so we kind of want to talk about how to have these different types of talks. Um, and you really want to make sure that in these you identify who is going to be the speaker and who is going to be the listener. So you are Wait. going back to kindergarten and passing the talking stick. Yes. So there's not two speakers? Is, is that not how no. this works? Definitely no. not two speakers. No. Um, and if you have two listeners, there's not going to be anything going on <laughs> in between you. So, um, so you want to make sure you trade off roles 
and you make it very clear as to when, you know, you are done speaking um, and when you are passing the talking stick. Um, so let's talk about, oh man, a heart, just a heart talk in general. So we'll, we'll give you an example of a heart talk here in a minute. Um, and I have no idea what Drew wants to have this heart talk about. So this will be a surprise to me and all of y'all. Um, but Drew, can you talk about being the speaker? Yeah, well, and, and let's go, go ahead and just start with an example and let's show something that's, that's not heart talking. Okay. Just start talking. Um, I want to go to the grocery store today. Okay. Well, I want to play video games. Yeah, but we need to go to the grocery store. Okay, why? Because we need um, vegetables for this week. We're out completely. Okay, well, you do that and let me know how it goes. <laughs> I'll be here. Make sure you pick me up some, some bananas too. <laughs> that is not a heart talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, so that's more work talk. And yet, tell me, just just tell me something that bothered you in the last week something that bothered me yeah th- about me something i did i don't know there's not <laughs> there's not much this week that bothered me um okay okay i have an idea um so my work hours changed this week um and so my bedtime had to change drastically um drew and i usually like to stay up pretty late and and my bedtime then went back to my second grade bedtime of eight o'clock because <laughs> um, I had to get up early. And Drew has been working really hard um, with all of his work. And it was hard for me um, to have him be taking phone calls later in the evening than he typically does. Um, so tell me. When I wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. So go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> tell me the stuff that bothered you. Um, this, is, this is how not to do it. <laughs> It bothered me when you took phone calls late at night. When well, I had to take the calls. And I really wanted to hang out with you. Well, but I mean, I just had stuff to do. Like, is it not okay that I, I do my work? Well, yeah, you have to do your work. But I really wanted to hang out with you. Yeah, but I mean, we could just hang out afterward. It's not a big deal. But I have to go to bed, and then there's not as much time. Well, I mean, we still have a little bit of time. I mean, what do you want me to do? I've I've got to work. I've got to make these calls. And I've got to go to bed early so that I can go to work. So basically, <laughs> if if you just take it in, in pretty easily, it's it's easy to hear that the invalidation that's happening and, and the defensiveness and is immediately I'm defending why I have to take these calls and why I have to do these things. And ultimately that's not what it's about. And I think the key is establishing, um, th- this is a, there's a lot of other things that reference it. And it's also saying, Hey, what's my role in this conversation? Is it to, and I say this to Bryn quite a bit. Am, am I just listening here? Am I helping you solve a problem? What, what is my role in this? Because I get stuck in this problem solver mode of um, you start talking about the work or, or a coworker or a situation with, you know, anyone or anything. 
and I, I immediately start solving the problem. I'm like, okay, well, well, have you tried this? What about doing that? And that is one of the quickest ways to go out of a hard talk. And, and I want to work talk. So I want to work talk. I want to solve the problem. Let's get on to whatever else. And what you're asking for a lot of the time is somebody just to listen. So just listen to me. Just just hear the feelings. Hear the, um, if you've ever seen the deal where it's, it's not about the nail. If you haven't, then look that up on YouTube. Oh, yes. And, and, um, it's not about the nail. <laughs> yeah. We won't spoil it. So you'll have to look it up yet. Yeah, that's a really great example of, um, and a funny one. Yeah. Ultimately what she wanted in that conversation was to be heard. And it's very difficult if it's much easier if we know, if I know my role, if I can stop, if I have the wherewithal to say, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm starting to solve this problem. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to help you formulate a, a solution for it? And sometimes you'll say, you know, first I want you to just listen and then you'll say, okay, what, what could I have done differently or what can I do about this? And I think that's so much better to be um, clear. It's so much easier to know the role that, that we play. I think it's easy to get defensive when, you know, say when I'm not looking for a solution from you. And, and you want to solve my problems and I just need you to listen. It's, it's easy for me to get defensive and, um, and kind of push back at your solutions because I didn't ask for them. Right. Um, and that's not healthy in, in communication with anyone either. Um, so, so we want to, we want to talk about the, the roles specifically, um, in these heart talks. So as, a listener, um, you are not talking at all until um, the speaker is finished telling you exactly how they feel um, in certain situations. You are able to nod your head and help them feel validated. Um, you can always ask them to pause um, if they start getting a little long-winded, um, which I can sometimes, and, um, and make sure that you validate to them that you are hearing and understanding what they said. And, um, and then they're able to tell you, yes, that's right. Or no, that's, that's not right. Um, another thing that a listener really should avoid is becoming a speaker in waiting. So that means that you are, you know, listening to your spe the speaker say how they feel and you are not really listening to them and internalizing what they're saying. You are listing things in your head of like, ooh, I got something for that. Or, ooh, I can push back there. Or, this is what I want to say. This is what I want to say. And you're just waiting to say what you want to say. And you're not actually listening to them. And in heart talk um, scenarios, it's actually kind of hard to do that because you have to actually listen to what the speaker is saying so that you can repeat it back to them. So that's really not an option not to actually listen. And I think the heart talks are great because there's there's no, I'm just realizing this, there's no pressure to respond. We don't have to formulate that next response. In most of our sit, uh, situations, socially, we have to think about what we're going to say next. And this is something that takes that away where, if, if I'm the listener, my only role is to 
repeat back to you what it is that I heard and make sure that we're on the same page. And, and, and I don't have to formulate a response. I don't have to um, defend myself in any way because it's not about me. It's about the heart talk and it's about the, the speaker in that moment. So once you repeat back, um, as a listener, once you repeat back what the speaker has told you they feel and validated them and they, you know, signal to you that they are done speaking, then you can swap roles, um, with permission, of course. And we'll show you what that, what that looks like. Um, as the speaker, you want to make sure that you're not attacking that that can be a dangerous area. You, an example? you need to focus on how you feel. Um, not, you did this, you did that. Um, you get what I mean. Attacking. Yeah, well, I like that because it's, it's anything that is pointing at the other person. Hey, you made me feel bad. No, that's not the case. I, I felt bad when you did this. Is, is very different. I felt bad when this happened or this action that you took, I felt bad because otherwise we're, we're blaming and saying uh, the other person ultimately is, is what they made you feel a certain way. And that's not the case anyway. We, we all decide what we feel. And so this is a great, um, or a really big important point of what not to do. And, and, and just be cautious because there's a lot of if you haven't done this before, there's vulnerability, and the the more vulnerable you are, um, a good example is Coda, our dog. <laughs> so when when he he's he's really sweet, um, and when they're when they're you know playing with toys and and play fighting and all that, everything's great. And yet if he if they catch him off guard when he feels vulnerable, that's when he loses it and he gets really really um, upset. And just you can't hardly console him. And, and this is definitely the case with humans as well, with, with people that if you don't watch out when you open the door to your heart and vulnerability, then your, your reactions, you're not used to being that vulnerable. And it's just going to slam back shut in a way that, that is not very pretty if, if you don't take at least a little bit of, of caution and preparation into this, including the state. Uh, we haven't talked about, you know, what what timing. Oh yeah, how to approach a heart talk. That's a huge deal. Uh, you can yeah keep going about that. That's awesome. I think that um, we don't want to approach it. So if if I if I'm you know finish up with work and and I'm just finished and I've got all these things on my mind and Bryn comes in and starts wanting to talk, um, which which we both can do a lot is just not asking anything, not saying anything. You just go straight into something emotional. I was frustrated because this happened with a client today or, you know, same thing for you at work. And that's so dangerous. That's one of the most dangerous things because when that happens, you're going in vulnerable to somebody who is not necessarily in the right frame of mind. And, and for me, like when I've been on, on calls with clients all day, I'm not in the mode to sit there and, and um, listen and respond to vulnerability in an appropriate way. And so I'm, I can be harsh or, or come off cold. And that's definitely, uh, you know, asking, hey, 
can we have this conversation? Are you in a place to listen right now? Are you in a place for a heart talk? And that's how you can come in and, and introduce that. Um, so should we give an example of a heart talk? Yes, but one second. I do want to say that remember in this that understanding does not equal agreement. So you don't have to agree with what your spouse, your mom, your coworker is saying at all. Um, but you want to validate that you're understanding them um, when you're in these roles. So Drew, Drew wants to have a heart talk. <laughs> and this is how we would, we would get started with one. And so if he's coming and presenting a heart talk to me, that means that he is automatically going to be the first speaker. And I'm going to be the first listener. Okay. Cool. So, Bren, are you in a place to, to hear my heart? Yes, I am. So I want to talk about the other night and, and actually a, a couple times. So this past week, you've had to go to bed quite a bit earlier. And when that happens, there's little comments that were said. And, and I feel so when we talk about it and I set up a plan to go play video games once you go to bed or go have some time alone and it, it feels I feel hurt whenever you make a comment like oh you're gonna leave me or oh you're not gonna come you know come to bed um, it, it makes me feel or well I, I feel you know hurt and really honestly like a bad like it's bad like I should you know be going to bed anyway or doing something different and I, I let which I let that mess up some of the time and and yet I felt really guilty when that would happen so what I'm hearing you say is that you feel hurt and you feel guilty when um, I'm going to bed and I make comments to you about you not also going to bed as well um, and you going off and doing things on your own. Is that right? Yes. Is there more? Yes, a little bit. And when, because I, I know how important being there for each other is and, and not any type of like abandonment in our relationship and when I hear you say, you know, oh, you're abandoning me or, oh, you're leaving me to go play video games or go do something else or listen to podcasts or a book, then I feel really, um, I just feel bad. And, and I don't believe it's anything intentional in terms of, of you really meaning it to that level. And yet it, I feel really I guess the best way to put it is like a bad husband and, and like I'm doing the one thing that um, one of the things that are most important to you, I'm, I'm violating one of those with the words that you chose. So what I'm hearing you say is that you feel like a bad husband when I make it seem like you're abandoning me. Um, in those choices to go do things on your own after, you know, not coming to bed with me. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Is there more? Nope. That's it. Um, are you in a place to hear my heart about it? Yes. 
I am. So see, we just switched roles. So I validated him um, in each of those statements that he made about his feelings. Um, and he was able to say that I understood him appropriately. Um, and I asked him if there was more when he paused and I didn't jump in with my responses. Um, so he was able to continue until he was completely done and he felt like his heart was shown and validated. And so at this point, um, I'm able to tell him how I feel about it. Um, or maybe, maybe if, if, if I want to, if I have anything to say, right. Well, and let's, let's think about this for a second because th- this isn't, at least from the way I'm, um, you know, we're sitting here face to face, the way that it, it landed, um, you're not ups, you know, you're not really upset or, or, or really, um, angry or, you know, any one of, of a range of emotions. And if that's the case, if it was the case, then it would stop right there and it would pause because the reality is these are not always, um, fun, light emotions. And, no, and no. they can get very, very heavy. And depending on what what the feeling is and depending on what it touches on from our, our pasts, because we all have different triggers and different buttons. And, you know, there's certain things that are that go very deep. And so either I, I might not be in a place to listen after, um, you know, after that. So you may not be in a place to talk. I may not be in a place to listen. Yeah, say he brought up something that just completely threw me off guard. Um, I might need to go away on my own for a minute and process my feelings about that. Because maybe at this point, I don't know how I feel about what he just said. And what what I bring across in our conversation could be negative or, I mean, nasty or, you know, just something not positive. And I might need to go attend to my own feelings alone before I'm able to come back and speak to him respectfully, um, as a partner in this relationship. Um, and remember like this could also be with a family member or a coworker or, you know, anyone that you really need to communicate with and understand. Um, and so another, you know, Drew has, a <laughs> his vocabulary is absolutely amazing and you don't have to use, um, big feeling words here. Um, you know, he said guilty, hurt. Um, you know, those aren't words that are just completely outside the box. Um, so one of the tools that you can use, um, is a list of feeling words. And I actually have one in front of me. Um, and it was one that was given to us at one of our retreats. Um, and that, that helps me because I can look down the list because I might not really know how I'm feeling, but then I see that word and I'm like, "Mm, that's it. Um, And then I'm able to really um, display to him how I'm feeling with, you know, a different word than I would typically use, like, you know, hurt or um, sad, et cetera. So it's okay not to have a quick conversation. Um, And, and, and pauses are okay. Yeah. And, and I want to go back to what you said, because we're talking about word choice and words, which first of all, they did studies. And I think it was like, I don't know, eight words or something emotionally that, that, um, many people, especially men know, which isn't always the case. And yet, um, to be able to have a, a more broad 
range of emotions to 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 figure out it's really great to look through the list to just understand like the the nuances because there's a big difference between different types of of hurt um you know or different types of mad or sad and it's it's helpful for us to each to all know ourselves and, and really pay attention because feelings aren't always paid attention to and they're so important and you can't you can't logic your way out of a feeling you can't you know rationalize yourself to be like okay we're fine now because i've decided we are it just doesn't work that way our hearts don't work that way and as important as the words are it's actually what is it so it's 55% is body language uh, 38% is tonality and 7% is the words that we use and the another big part of this is body language and tonality and really a big challenge to these hard talks is how we're delivering that message and not only you know if if even if you're using the right words i feel hurt um and and yet you use you know vicious tonality uh, or or body language or you're attacking in your demeanor that's really dangerous too because think about it physically if if somebody shows a an attacking posture then we're going to be defensive it's the natural way that we are and so if we're not really careful if you're overly animated with your hands if you're overly if you lean in too much those are all things that that you have to get on the same page with the person to figure out what works for them and what's going to make them shut down because if you have a hard talk and they shut down you know that you, you've got to dig into something and figure that out mm-hmm. so do you want to continue with this hard talk or yeah. Go ahead. um and it, obviously it just to start off it doesn't have to sound it doesn't have to be um negative like all, all these talks can be positive. They can be exciting. They can be um, any type of conversation you need to have about, you know, whether you want to move or not. Um, you know, hey, I want to buy a new house. Like, like any type of conversations about that too. Um, or, you know, where you want to send your kids for daycare. Or, I mean, it's just all of the above. I'll give another example. Bernard, are you in a place to hear my heart? Yes. Okay. I, I, um, you know, I feel really, really appreciated and, and grateful whenever I come out from, uh, from coaching and, and working and, you know, during the day and dishes are put away and you've, you've done laundry and you've done, you know, all these things around the house that makes me feel so, grateful and and I feel appreciated whenever you're you're so great at verbalizing and saying like hey you know I appreciate you and and for me to come out after working all day and you to say hey you know what I'm so grateful for the way that you work so hard when when transparently that's one of the things that I'm you know don't necessarily see in myself and so to hear you say that I feel so appreciated and that's a huge deal so I just want to say Thank you. So what I'm hearing you say is that you feel grateful and very appreciated when, you know, you are done with work for the day and you come out of your office and you see the house is clean and you have clean boxers and (laughs) which happens, you know, sometimes (laughs) and um, and you're, you know, you're just excited to um, see things in order. Is that right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Is there more? That's it. Are you um, in a place to hear my heart about it? I am. So when, um, when you, like, I feel thankful um, and, and appreciated um, when you, you know, are done with work for the day and you thank me for these things. Um, and I feel thankful that I'm able to do those things for my husband because he works so hard. Um, and I have the time to put away dishes and, um, do the laundry and try to get things in order. Um, because you give me time for those things. Great. And I was about to stop her. So I didn't lose the, uh, <laughs> the thing. And I can get a little confused sometimes too. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's great. And so I, I'm hearing that um, you feel thankful whenever um, and, and appreciated. And really you feel appreciated whenever I come out and verbalize that, that the house looks nice and that you've you know put away the dishes and, and that I'm grateful for those things. Yes, but but I I didn't really I guess I didn't really explain well enough. Can I continue? Yes. So I f- I'm I'm thankful that like with the with the time, like the extra time I have, like because you work so hard, I don't have to work 7 days a week. And I'm thankful for the effort and time you put into your career um so that you know, I I don't have to stress as much about you know, working, um, every day of the week. And yeah, that just makes me feel happy. So I'm hearing that you're thankful specifically because of the fact that I work hard and, and it enables you to not have to work seven days a week and work all the time. And it allows you the, the space to be able to take care of some of those things, extra things around the house and other stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. So that's a, I mean, that's a heart talk and there are different, you know, examples of heart talks, positive and, um, you know, not negative, but a little bit more vulnerable. Um, charged, more charged. Yeah. More charged. Yeah. Um, and I guess we never really finished that, that other heart talk about. Oh yeah. I guess, (laughs) I guess we should, man. Oh, it's not. I'd (laughs) forgotten. I got to share my heart. I'm sure all of y'all are wondering how that one turns out. Um, are you able to continue that heart talk? I am. I'm in a good place, mm-hmm. especially after the last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you had told me about um, the coming. It was about c- coming to bed, like on time. Um, and first, I want to uh, apologize because um, I do not intend to make you feel guilty. And I'm sorry for that. Um, I, uh, I feel, um, lonely. I think that might be the word. Um, not, not in a negative way. Um, but I guess I feel lonely when, um, I lay in bed alone at night. And, um, that's just one of the things that I cherish in our relationship is like going to bed at the same time. Um, and just having that alone time with you and, um, you know, just falling asleep with your best friend next to you. And that's just something that I cherish. So, um, so so yeah. 
So I'm hearing that you feel lonely whenever you have to go to bed alone and that it's it's a really it's something you cherish whenever we are going to bed together and spending that time and before we go to sleep together as best friends. Absolutely. Is there more? No. Okay. And the key, I think the biggest key, if, if we can wrap all this up in, in a, a way that's easy to understand, is we are now prepared if we are going to have a work talk, which would be from here, okay, what time will we go to bed and how will we work through this? And the key is that we're talking about the real things. We're not talking about the surface level things that happened. Now we're talking about how uh, the words that she used made me feel made me feel guilty or or hurt and we're talking about um, the way that she felt was lonely and alone and and that she was missing her best friend and that is a dramatically different conversation than the surface level one of like I don't want you to play video games right yeah (laughs) because that's not the real reason (laughs) right and then and then I can take that and blame you for my guilt and say, well, she's the one doing this to me, and and that's why I can't play video games and enjoy it. And instead, we're talking about the the deeper part, cherishing of it. you, right? The, she she wants that because m- now my thoughts aren't well. She just wants to like take away my time, you know, up here that I can hang out by myself. It's that she cares about me so much that she wants me next to her, and when I'm not, she feels lonely, and that you know, and and then for me that I enjoy time um, to myself and and up here playing video games and feeling really guilty. So there's there's clearly a way better way to come to terms and come to an agreement through work talk now that we're talking about the whole picture. And that becomes more and more and more important the, the um, more emotionally charged the conversation is because there's so it's so easy to make judgments and assume and blame. And I think that's where the am I hearing you right part comes in yeah because it's so easy to miss just a little bit and it changes the whole meaning of everything yeah absolutely um I've absolutely loved this topic I mean we could go on and on about this forever and heart talks are one of the best things that we can use to make sure our relationship's on the right page you know we're on the same page um so we thank you guys for listening to this podcast and we will continue to keep um, you know we've made a list of recommendations that we've gotten from different people regarding things they want to hear about in our lives Um, I mean how how we've gotten through some of the tragedies we've been through recently um, our relationship in general um, travel yeah travel travel. how to accomplish goals like steps to take to accomplish different goals in your life big and small um, and so we, we want to, yeah, we want to keep answering y'all's questions and sharing our lives with you. Absolutely. So I guess that wraps up the first, first ever episode of Life, Etc.